Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. This guy's trying harder to become a USC athlete than Aunt Becky's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Pete Camel. The only certain thing about NIL is there would be more only in college sport brush fires of like administrative squawking and finger pointing and denying. Like that is all coming and it's coming 100 miles an hour. And SI's Pat Forty. Clay Helton's a little bit of sleep at the wheel, but come <laughs> on, man. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Hi, right, welcome to the pod. We're into the spring season now. Also, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dan. Before we get to the spring season, we have to cover the last winter sport championship. Which was won. That's right, baby. By the mighty UMass Minutemen. Without any help from UConn, this wasn't New England United. Oh, we don't need them. We don't need them to win hockey. (laughs) Without any help from Dan Wetzel's donations is really the more accurate way to put it. There is no Wetzel training center, no Wetzel locker room, no (laughs) Wetzel uh, food thing, no Wetzel closet. Like a whole bunch of talent talent from Metro Detroit on that team. A whole lot of talent. (laughs) (laughs) I will decline to speak to investigators Uh. if anybody asks. (laughs) I'm down at the Honey Bake Hockey Program or Bell Tire or any of them. (laughs) We do know that the your your best contribution would not be just straight cash donations. It would be. Manipulating the system to get players. So. Absolutely, I'm here to cheat. How do you think? How do you think I got through that place? I mean, come on. Now. You gotta... <laughs> this proves my point. By the way, this is why I never donate. They didn't need my money. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need my money. They want it without it. You just wait for them to finally do something well athletically, and then say, "See, they didn't need." See, it. sure, yeah. it took 25 years. That hockey program should have been much better a long time ago. This is my point. This is my, my, if you would call, skepticism bordering on animosity to the UMass football Division I program level thing. Spend, my thing was always spend the money on the sports you can win. Hockey, men's and women's hockey they should have. Men's and women's lacrosse. Basketball's fine. Some of the other sports have some traditions, field hockey and women's soccer. You're never making it in football. That yeah. was always my thing. Right. That's right. a pipe dream. You ain't going six and six, guys. You ain't going seven and five. If you well, do they won once. the national title in 99. Or, yeah, right? division one, yeah. one double A. Yeah, one double A. Obviously, 
yeah. drop the pretense that this is going to work and spend your money. I saw this thing on on Twitter. They have a they just unveiled a two million dollar men's hockey locker room, and this thing like the the Boston Bruins would kill for this thing. Right? Really, that's yeah. what you spend your money on. Yes, yeah, right. Have the same thing in lacrosse. There's tons of lacrosse players around there. They're in a good league. You couldn't win. I would say this, and I think this is true of any. I mean, I, maybe it'd be bigger if it's football, but I'm sure it'd be bigger as football. But like the pride of like alumni and fans and students, they're celebrating the same. Whatever sport you choose and you win is the big deal. We have a great tradition in America. I, I always like this, the Olympics. There's two kinds of sports at the Olympics. Sports we're good at and stupid sports. <laughs> if we're not good at it it's a stupid sport biathlon uh, is a stupid sport ping but pong. ping pong is uh, badminton. badminton right all yeah. these ones are stupid sports but if we're good at it and you just roll that you go i don't give a crap about that sport hockey's where it's at baby you are a big hockey fan i am you how did you consume your alma mater's frozen four games like did you celebrate with a bush light, as some speculate? There were a lot of people wanted to know how oh, Dan Russell celebrated UMass's moment. So please indulge. Was I guzzling bush lights on Saturday night in a, in a <laughs> celebratory thing? Not okay. really. Uh, I watch now. I watch the final Frozen Four every year. I watch college hockey during the regular season because uh, they they have a lot of Friday night games. So I'm a I'm a I wouldn't say I'm the biggest college hockey fan out there but i i really enjoy college hockey especially the the tournament because much like basketball i think i said to you pete it's like it's every game's the seventh game everything's you know so and i love one of the things i love about college hockey also love about like college baseball is these schools can put all their money on they push their money in on one sport and damn right so, dan damn right baseball school baby that's right <laughs> Tennessee Put all your money baseball. on baseball. <laughs> well, I like it. I kind of root for like Riverside and stuff like that. You see, like, <laughs> yeah. if like the Coastal Carolina, one twentieth of the buyout money they've given to yeah. football coaches the last twenty years, they'd be a they'd be a triple A team at this point. You should have. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what did you pay? Uh, what did you pay Kevin Steele like nine hundred grand to coach a football team <laughs> yeah. for six weeks for when there month. were no games for like a month? Walk yeah. through workouts. Yeah. Tony Vitello is driving a Maserati around Knoxville. He's got plenty of money, so. Just, just, that's just right. happening. There's plenty of money out there. Um, I love St. Cloud State. I love Minnesota Duluth. I love Bemidji State, Lake Superior. I love all these schools. They got their team. They're in. So RPI. I always like. Does an RPI pop up? Rensselaer, Rensselaer Union. Yeah. A couple years ago, a championship game was Quinnipiac versus Yale. Yeah. That was the championship game. Phenomenal, Beautiful. right? That's what I, so I always like the sport. So, uh, did, I did not get drunk. I, uh, we had, yeah. uh, the big tournament this weekend was the Border Stars International Youth Soccer Tournament, and uh, so I had a uh, early rise on on Sunday morning to uh, make sure we we're at that. How, how, did, how did the Border Stars we, tournament go? I uh, went well. We won the championship Good. there. That's the one that oh, really mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Border have Stars. You, have you helped load the team for that? Uh, they got their own their own system. I don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, okay. I've certainly done some uh, recruiting through the years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Christian maybe a Dawkins, little. one of their assistant coaches, well, reemerged. <laughs> stock the pond. I mean, we've, I've done some <laughs> soccer recruiting through the years. No question yeah. about that. But no payouts that I know of. Okay. You travel soccer, man. It's, everyone's rich. Don't kid uh -oh. yourself. It's not a lot of... <laughs> 
It's <laughs> a problem with these sports. Yep. Not exactly. Uh, you're not going to bribe too many people, but um, yeah, they won. So anyway, uh, no, I did not. I was not. I did not. Someone sent a tweet about the the 77 pack of Natty Light. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> so I said that was your donation. I should have. I would have donated that to all all the UMass students down in Southwest if I could have organized like just a just back a truck up with all the 77 packs. <laughs> I would have done that, that for the students down there. There you go. Yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski once famously uh, donated to pay like transportation or tickets for Bonaventure students to go see their team in the NCAA tournament. Dan Dan may or may not back up a, a truck full of seventy seven packs to the electric company there and uh, let the let the students drink. That's right. Throw some DP dough uh, calzones on the top, sure, of it, or maybe sure. a few Antonio's, Antonio's uh, pizza, Antonio's yeah. pizza on the house. Yeah. yeah, get it, get it going, get them right to Moore Hall. Get it. Let, right. let well, it we're, we're just, yeah. Can we at least get ranked in that group of five conference uh, college town rankings now? <laughs> oh, damn, <laughs> that was some disrespect. All right, that lit people up. Anyway, so title is one. Should be the first of many. Pressure's on now, and I didn't waste money donating to anything. UMass will be all right without me. Yeah. When New England United happens, then we'll know. That's yeah. that really you, my, you that really was innovative. Yeah. Innov- I need like Matt Fator to write this proposal <laughs> up on MassLive.com or something. Get something going, right? <laughs> Jeff Jacobs, can we get like a, we, we get a columnist <coughs> United? Yeah, there you go. Jeff Jacobs down in Connecticut, Matt Vitor in Massachusetts. We write this thing together. And get the New England United. I, I, I'm, I'm there. You can't say I didn't. Okay. I'm stealing that idea. No, <laughs> no, no. Holy Oak, man. That's that's the meeting spot. That's ground zero where that where the powerhouse comes together. Yeah. See, this where is how volleyball this was how, invented. This is where how who? you soccer works. Volleyball merge teams. Really? Volleyball. Where? Volleyball was invented. Isn't I think the volleyball like. Uh, yeah, invented at the uh, YMCA in Holyoke, Massachusetts, 1895. William G. Morgan. How about that? Wow. How about, how about that? Hey. It's amazing that's not better known. I mean, volleyball is a yeah, it's yeah. Not like a minor international sp- sport. Yeah, not like so, a minor operation. Springfield, Mass invents basketball in 1891. Holyoke, Mass invents volleyball in 1895. That was like the cradle nothing, of yeah. nothing has happened there since. Nothing has happened since. <laughs> it's been a quiet it was 125 as an years. Indoor since. sport for businessmen who found the new game of basketball too vigorous. Too vigorous. Oh my god. That's tremendous. Set uh, set shots in the peach basket, huh? Right. <laughs> Can't handle that. Was the it? transition defense was a little too much, so they rolled up the Holyoke and batted the ball around. It's not really the Nate Oates, uh, you know, <laughs> space to court <laughs> offense, but that's all right. Uh, you know, let me say this about, because it sort of all merges together. This isn't on our little rundown, but uh, yes. Dirk Chatelaine, who is the columnist, one of the columnists in Omaha, the World Herald, does a great job. We had this little back and forth a couple of weeks ago because he was trying to think of sports. You know, there's all this uh, talk where they need to promote the women's basketball tournament more, NCA, and and they, they, this could be bigger. I'm kind of of the belief that there there's a ceiling on women's basketball, and I don't know, like I th- they've promoted that a lot, particularly ESPN for decades now. This is not an under promoted sport. I don't. I think there's a cap on that. Um, if you look at the long-term trends of the ratings, they're not, they never really go up much. They they'll people will see, like, I think people are like, look at how much higher they are this year. It really wasn't much higher. 
Um, and it might, and it was like the best since 2012. So then it was better than what, what, you know, I don't think there's a, a huge growth potential in women's basketball, but he was debating with some different uh, followers and I follow him. He's a, he's a smart guy. Is there a sport, uh, particularly a women's sport that the NCAA could try to turn into something big and particularly a women's sport that isn't also played by men because it's, or, or it's more popular with women. Cause it's, you know, it's just a tough grind when you can watch men play basketball and women play basketball. Some people like the women's game more. That's fine. But a lot of people sit there and go, yeah, I'd much rather watch, you know, men dunk it and all these different things. Same with hockey. I've covered women's hockey. It's not as fast as men, you know. And his thing is is women's volleyball. I think gymnastics, which we talked about last time, obviously is very popular. And I think they could do a better job of turning women's gymnastics into a big deal. Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I was actually interested what you thought, Pat, because, you know, obviously you're, I would say your favorite college sport other than football and basketball, swimming. And and when you know all the storylines, the swimming championships become really exciting. And like there's huge, there's pockets, right? Pete and I really like lacrosse. You go to Oklahoma and Iowa and Penn State and the wrestling is huge. And, you know, baseball, obviously, softball, different sports have different spots. But what do you think of that? Like, is there a way for the NCA to put put themselves behind one of these sports and it really blows up? Because I can tell you they do almost nothing for hockey. Yeah. I watch, no. but you know, it's usually the most of the NCAA tournament is on ESPN News. Okay, that's that's not doing so good. I'll watch right. it. Enough people will watch it, but not enough. And I don't care. Uh, I'm not gonna pow- oh my god, this is on whatever. It's that's what I like. Everyone has their thing. But is there a sport? Particularly a woman's sport, you think they could turn big? Yeah, and I think I think volleyball is probably it. Now, I, gymnastics too has the same growth potential in both uh, volleyball and gymnastics. There are men's and there are women's, and the women's is way more popular. It's played more places. It's watched by more people. You know, the women's volleyball tournament is a pretty darn big deal, and you know they get to the final four of that, and they fill a large basketball arena, you know, they're, they're putting 15, 18,000 people in to watch. And volleyball, to me, is a really good watch. You know, it, it is fast-paced. It's athletic. It's people diving. It's people pounding the ball. You know, it's it's fun to watch. So I think they could definitely do more with that, I think. And I think the conferences could do more with it, you know, not just the NCAA, but the conferences themselves. And some of them have made progress in that area. Specifically, I, I think you look mostly at the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten Network does a, a pretty good job of broadcasting some of the stuff from the Olympic sports. You know, they 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 do a lot of wrestling. I think they do a fair amount of hockey. Uh, they do some volleyball. But the other thing, Dan, is I look at the calendar, like volleyball, the fall sport, that's the soft spot there. Because men's basketball, women's basketball, same time. Softball, which is has some real pockets of popularity baseball same time you know spring you, you probably have a window there for gymnastics uh that you but that's that's actually that's a winter sport so that's kind of gets overlapped with basketball but fall sports it's football and it's nothing and football is the giant but if you want a woman's sport window to build on i would think the fall would be it and usually they have their final four like i think like that first saturday in december Maybe if you if you move it if you have it on the second Saturday after the football championship games are over, that that's kind of an open weekend. You got the Heisman Trophy usually and nothing, the New Mexico Bowl. 
plug that in there. I think that you could make some hay with it. And yes, there is. It's already fairly popular. There is a something to build on there. You're not t- trying to build it out of scratch. I would love to say swimming, but I'm realistic. I know what it is. You know what I mean? Like I know when I when I'm writing stories about swimming, there's a small people who are super interested, and there's a vast sea of people who don't give a damn unless it's the Olympics, and then the readership changes dramatically. Well, I'd be curious to see how women's soccer does in the spring, because if the NCAA really wanted to exploit open windows, like you end up watching in the background NCAA softball championships more than anything else, because it's just in that desert of programming in in May, June. College baseball kind of has its window in June. It, women's soccer is always going to get lost in the fall. It's interesting that women's volleyball is in the fall Beach volleyball is in the spring. These are things I just learned from Googling very recently. But I I would think if there is one sport that consumers would eat up, if there were big stars, if they were built up, if girls learned about them through Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all those things, even if kids are on Twitter anymore, right? Uh, I would think women's soccer has the best chance just because it's played by the most people, right? Like, and you have some big, consistent brands that that have dominated it for years. So- Will people watch Sarah Fuller and Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament this spring? They won the automatic bid last year. Like, does that, do, do people get on board with that storyline if Vanderbilt maybe makes a run? Obviously, there's your traditional powers. I, I believe the dates look like they're going to be late April for the for the soccer tournament. But does the, you know, we've all said this, this COVID year, everything's going to change and it gives you opportunity. Like, does the NCAA look and say, okay, we have a window, like if, a women's soccer final four is on a weekend in the spring here. Like I would likely watch if it's uh, you know, if it's, if it's a blockbuster game between two big, big brands, no offense to Pat, I don't have much interest in swimming, just like Pat brothers doesn't have much interest in lacrosse. Right. But I do think soccer touches everybody because we've all played it or had kids. Like we just have more exposure to it day to day. And I just wonder if we will see a tangible uptick in some stars born from these windows this spring. The, the women's soccer it gets painfully low publicity and and it does get lost and i say that from a family of soccer players um nobody talks about it never hear any of my f- other kids talking about it zip like just nothing i don't think it, i never even i i don't know who the coaches are locally and i don't know anybody who does know i don't know anyone who ever goes to a game so your and daughters I, don't want to go to the michigan game no i don't know anyone who's ever gone <laughs> no. i mean i, mean, I watch more st- more soccer than i you know than you couldn't imagine and uh yeah i've never heard i think they were a ball that one of their teams got you know they got to be the ball girls at a michigan state game they went one of them went up there that's like that's like a recruiting ploy more than anything i think for like maybe one kid i don't know i guess there's a little of it yeah actually there was a little talk of oakland U was hosting like notre dame once uh, very little very little considering this is your sweet spot so yeah. But like, I'm. We did watch, uh, and I. It wasn't. I think I watched by myself. It wasn't even the kids. Stanford played North Carolina in a double overtime penalty kick game in 2019, and like it's a dramatic game, and it was like on like a. It was I don't know a weird time on a Sunday afternoon against the NFL and things like that. And so this is a sport where, and obviously women's soccer, we do very well in this country, and lots of. So I do think there's a possibility there. I just think it's. I kind of think the gymnastics and the and the volleyball are 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 the ones that at least for female sports. But 
it's hard. I, I mean, we could sit there and say, hey, pour some marketing money in these things, but it's not easy. No, it's not like, no. Not like they're sitting in Indianapolis going, we want less people to watch these. <laughs> I mean, I don't right. want to be a jerk. I just be like, do something like what they're yeah. trying. You right. can't. <laughs> and they also have 40 sports to try to hype. Yeah. You know, that's so, the thing. Those, the, the minute you stop hyping one, those people chirp up. I mean, like, you know, with when the volleyball thing with this last week, when it looked like they weren't going to have announcers for the first round, second round, and people were going ballistic. Holy cow. I mean, that was like, and I did have somebody, because I said on Twitter, I, I made the mistake of opening my mouth and said, <laughs> first you know, time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, ideally, yeah, you want, you want, uh, the full setup for everything. But in this case where they're trying to bubble it all in one convention center in Omaha or whatever, you got to at least have the video and you got to have graphics showing the score. Announcers, I said, you know, people that are going to watch are, are knowledgeable, I would think, and maybe don't need the announcers to tell them everything. Boy, that was not met well. Somebody said they would never do this for the men's tourney. It's like there is a men's tourney. You don't watch it. Nobody does. Right. You know? This is not. This is not again. The NCAA hates women. This is. It's also not the NCAA. It's ESPN. It was ESPN's decision. Yeah, ESPN has been a huge proponent. I mean, you look at what they do for women's basketball. Oh God! For decades, they have turned, yeah. and it's not just broadcasting regular season games. This, they routinely have women's basketball coaches on Sports Center and Scott Van Pelt, and all. They will talk women's basketball. You know, certainly, if you were to name. If you're going name recognition, guys, someone like Gino Ariema or certainly the late Pat Summit or or Tara Van, Vanderveer, maybe to a point, Muffet McGraw, most of them had higher name recognition than Scott Drew. Oh, yeah. Until recently, mm -hmm. you know, like, until, yeah, certainly Ariema did. I don't There's not a sports <laughs> fan in the country that know Gino Ariema. Um, so like they've done a lot. I just it, it was an interesting thing because it's like maybe you can zig. I don't think you can just I don't I think there's a cap on women's basketball. It's a good cap. They get a good number. It's nice, whatever. But the idea that you're just all of a sudden going to have 26 million people watch a women's basketball game or something. There's just yeah. you you're you're talking about 10x, 15x of your audience. Um Yeah. It's just hard no. to this is hard to fathom, but I do think they could grow some of these others that aren't maxed out. But again, if you know how to max it out, I can write a column bashing them. <laughs> but if right. I if I knew how to do it, I would yeah. start a consulting company and the NCAA would pay me a lot of money because not that easy to do. People are just the only do you know who's interest. number one in soccer right now. It's an uh, ACC school. It's Virginia? North Carolina or Virginia, Virginia, nope. Florida, Florida State, oh, Florida, Florida State, State. Florida, Florida State, Florida State has an incredible yeah. player from China. Oh, oh yeah? really? Yeah. Oh, well, we actually did meet at a clinic. They were up here. Huh. How about that? Yeah. Was she there getting paid to do the clinic? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, she get that same under-the-table defenseman money that Dan, uh, Dan <laughs> sent over to Amherst. I'm not sure. I got nothing to do with FSU <laughs> soccer. <laughs> here, man. I don't know. But I do. Uh, yeah. Someone was like, take a picture with her because she could be the best uh, women's soccer player in the world in about three, four years. So anyway. All right. FSU. Yeah, they won it in 18, beat North Carolina. Again, like these are big brands. I'm looking yeah. at this is the last 10 champions. Stanford, FSU, Stanford, Southern Cal, Penn State, Florida State, UCLA, North Carolina, Stanford, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Like, man. Yeah. You know, not bad. 
Not bad. It's better than trying to sell the uh, St. Cloud State Bamichi State game. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dominate that St. Cloud market. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. This weekend feels like national uh, name, image, and likeness. The first spark of name, image, and likeness. We had two things in the state, state of Florida. Their law goes into effect on July 1st. The NCAA cannot prohibit players from profiting off their name, image, and likeness. The NCAA's <laughs> pushed this thing up to where they're about to fall off the cliff. They're backed up, backed up, backed up. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, uh, the machinations of this on whether they can get a a, unif- a, a a national system in place or whatever. But F, in the state of Florida and a few other states, July 1 is it. Two things that I saw, and there may be more in the state of Florida. One was Florida State announced on Monday what they're calling APEX, Educate, Empower, Elevate, a huge program that will max out, teach, educate, and maximize their any athlete at, at, at Florida State's ability to earn money off their name, image, and likeness. It includes a mandatory two-credit course that everyone's going to have to take. The two four-credit course and the NIL Education Friday will lay out a roadmap to professional drafts, Olympic sports, grad school, the workforce, entrepreneurism. It'll facilitate student-athletes starting to build a foundation of NIL success as a freshman. Juniors and seniors can then enroll in a second one that'll examine social media brand building, brand management, social analytics, like the whole thing, right? They are They are lined up and ready to go. They, they, they're hyping up how many... Twitter followers, all the different stuff at Florida State. I mean, all the way. FSU golf Twitter account is the number four Twitter account in the country among women's golf programs, right? Okay, I don't know, right? So here's all the stuff, and you come to FSU, you're going to make money. And they they are selling it. They got videos. They're all on their website. At the same time uh, this weekend, Central Florida had its spring game. Gus, the Gus bus, Gus Malzahn, jumping on this, had uh, the players rather have their name on the back of their jerseys, had their Twitter handles or social media handles. And he said, this is the future. This is the new age of personal branding. We're going to embrace it. Uh, He hyped up how young his alumni group is. He made fun of the bigger schools, saying they're Facebook schools. And basically, Central Florida is Twitter. But here you go. I mean, it's. Pretty interesting. I thought his speech was really good. We're kind of off. Here we go. We got two full FSU and UCF are not small entities saying, hey, pay attention. You were looking for a school. Why are you going to a school in Alabama? Why are you going to school somewhere? Like, we're here and you can make money. Brilliant. Absolutely. You know what? It's smart. It's it's being attuned to the marketplace and the winds of change and and instead of reacting, they're proacting, you know, in both cases. I think both FSU and especially UCF with that, you know, it's like if for, for once, let's not be afraid of it. Let's get ahead of it. Let's embrace it and let's turn it into a recruiting advantage. You know, uh, tell recruits, you, you know, we, we're, we're with you on this. You come here. Here's what here's what we're going to do for you. And uh, I think it's super smart. And as you said, you know, the laws are coming. The NCAA is like, well, we're not quite ready. Well, you've, you've only had like four decades and you've done nothing but sit around. So now the law is going to take into effect <clears throat> and things are going to happen. You're going to sit there and hope Congress comes along with one umbrella law here, 
relatively soon. But, you know, waiting and hoping that Congress is going to do things on your timetable and the way you want them is a risky strategy in and of itself. So, uh, yeah, I think spring games and stuff like that, that's a perfect, like, little experimental portal to work in. And new AD, new coach, UCF new brand relatively. Why not? Just throw it out there. And I think the response to it has been good so far. And I would not be surprised if you see some copycat stuff happening elsewhere rather quickly. Well, this was a major failure by Gus Malzahn. He could have put on the back of his coaching windbreaker at scattered, smothered and covered (laughs) and gotten like 10 (laughs) times more attention for his Waffle House affinity. But instead, he just wore some night logo and uh, it, it didn't happen. No, this is this is a this is this is a win. And look, none of the three of us watched a snap of the UCF spring game. Let's be honest, right? Like, Hell not no. even like didn't I didn't actually know it was happening this weekend. So, at the very least, right there, they're winning because I'm sure there were a lot of other spring games this weekend. We're not talking about it. It made the rounds on social. It got the desired buzz. I I mean, if dozens of people maybe followed these guys uh, because of that, uh, I had someone point out to me that, you know, you should probably be putting Instagram handles, not Twitter handles on there because Instagram is really kind of the the the, the mainstream, uh, the, you know, of that generation, certainly right now. But look, all, all kinds of wins. There is zero chance this was, this was Gus Malzahn's idea, like zero chance. Um <laughs> But credit to him. He is at a Maverick school that it's made its name through great performance on the field and being an antagonist off it. And this is another way they are being an antagonist and standing out and refusing to blend in. So I give them all the credit in the world for uh, for for seizing this moment and kind of winning a winning a dead weekend. Yeah, I've just looked at Dylan Gabriel, who's, you know, there would be their most fit. He's got seventy eight hundred tw- uh, Twitter followers. So. Or not? I don't think the 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 movement, but it was a, it was a point. And you're right that if you're trying to get paid, it's it's Instagram, it's your TikTok handle, or hell, it's just a Venmo, baby. Like, <laughs> you know, if you, if you're the kid that scores the winning goal in a hockey game to win the national championship, and your Venmo's on the back, it's the most direct way for someone to throw you 20 because he's excited and drinking a whole 30 pack of Bush Light to celebrate. Um, that could so, have been your first donation to your alma mater, Dan. Could have been. Uh, could have been. Yeah, that, that overtime goal on, uh, was that well, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday you, night. Could you have could been. Have, you, could have, you, could have, you could have slid it in because, you know, it's past midnight. You probably had a drink or two. You're probably yeah, pretty excited. Maybe like a little group text with your uh, with with your with your college buddies could have uh, could have slid that in. Could have happened. Uh, take that, Duluth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the hockey schools. Just off brand on off brand. Anyway, so I don't know. That's but it's clear the Florida schools are banging a drum, and I mean the the goal is not necessarily to hype up Dylan Gabriel or anyone else. It's what Gus Malzahn wants is the next kid who's 16, 17, the kids they're recruiting right now to say, well, maybe Florida's the spot. Let's go to that. And I, all these other states are scrambling to get it done. But this is my thing. There is great potential to make money at all of these schools. And if you there, there is a finite amount of money at every school, there's a finite amount of star power. Being the star, of, being the star quarterback at Central Florida, being Dylan Gabriel is a pretty big deal. And it's a bigger deal than being the third string guy at an SEC school. 
And that's what's going to level this playing, this recruiting playing field some. And that's why I think this has the potential to be great. Uh, the, the, the coach I have seen most aggressively embrace this from the start is Scott Frost, the former UCF coach who certainly knows about, like you said, kind of market disruption, but is now at Nebraska. And I don't know that there's a program that will benefit more than Nebraska because sure. Nebraska has fans and money and passion. They just don't have yeah. any players nearby. Right. But those three things can make you drive through a lot of cornfields to go play there. And sure. so, you know, I, I think these are the this is this is the start of it. And I, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. We're going to talk a lot of NIL going yeah. forward. But it's like this is the new era of this sport is happening right starting right now. And one day we'll look back on pre and post. Yeah, I, I really yeah. believe that. And And so people who think this will get worse. Those alarmists inside college athletics, these commissioners, these athletic directors, the president, the existential threat, I am predicting, I, I, I will either be proved brilliantly correct, which I will, or I will be proven <laughs> a total moron, and I, 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 predict, I, I thought what would be great will destroy the sport. It is an existential. I'm taking my shot. Uh, there's no question it's going to be good for, for recruiting. No doubt about it. And that uh, it's funny, actually, your Nebraska point, um, like if you're I'm thinking like if you're the best player in Denver, best high school football player and you've wanted to go to the University of Colorado. Well, that's fine. But if, if you if you actually care about maximizing your brand and you just don't want to go to the, a really cool campus uh, and have fun, you, you you would be so <laughs> much Nebraska, bigger. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You cannot have fun. Not allowed. <laughs> If you're willing to be bored <laughs> stiff, but you got a couple bucks in your pocket. That's if we right. had any corn huskers left, they're gone now. You just you just completely crapped oh all over. They already the hate uh, I there's a plenty of them that hate. Listen, it's fine. They finally are like they're saying something good about us. Uh, yeah. Pat had to but, ruin but, it. Our, no, your boy. You could be the star quarterback in Colorado with the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Rockies, and the Avalanche all around you, and a very apathetic fan base or you can go through the cornfields to nebraska and be yep. the king of the state you know or, or boise yeah or, absolutely right or wyoming sure <laughs> i don't know right yeah utah yeah oh. yeah i think it's it'll be very very interesting so all right that's uh well the the it's interesting we bring it nebraska because sort of the desperation of scott frost's tenure and it's sort of teetering towards that right now is now colliding with this unbelievable opportunity like the roster's not great. Recruiting's not great. Like, they've had a ton of players transfer. There's really not a ton going right right now. And so I think they're very wise to try to exploit this because the fans are always going to be there. The passion's always going to be there. The tradition is still undeniable, even though recently and in the lives of recruits, the tradition is non-existent. How do you leverage those for players? Well, you do it through money, basically. And this is just access to money. We can talk about brain and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, this is going to allow the players to immediately make money and then position themselves to potentially make more money as uh, as it goes on. And I do think in the Colorado versus Nebraska debate, if you will, oh, you can go be on the Big Ten network or you can go be mm. on the Pac-12 network. Like, that's going to matter. You know, <laughs> right, that's right. that's really going to matter. I wonder something is it like this. Like, so say uh, we'll, we'll name this. Uh, We'll name this this mysterious quarterback Pat just made up, uh, Billy Ford. All right, so say Billy Ford decides to go to Nebraska, and then Billy Ford has a big spring game uh, as a freshman and might start. Like, if he goes up and uh, does an interview with Dave Revson and Jerry DiNardo, can they put Billy Ford's 
like Twitter handle up? Can they yeah. put his like like that's gonna be a thing? They put sure. Dave Redson's on there, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I mean, so yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure they do. He's a good follow. They should put Dave Redson on there. Okay, um, true. But like that, like but but that becomes a way that like there are all these little things, and I only bring that up because like they can't put his Venmo. Can they put his Venmo on there? Like like can it can it be that overt? Like I I don't know. Um, but I do think there's like there's a million little things that are going to be squabbled to death. The only certain thing about NIL is there are going to be more only in college sport brush fires of like administrative squawking and finger pointing and deny like that is all coming and it's coming 100 miles an hour. BTN Dave Revson, by the way. That's R E V S I N E. We got we should give him a little plug there because he is good he's on a, Twitter. He's a pod, a pod listener. He um, is a pod listener. Yeah. yeah. In an era where in college football, we I don't believe we've had a first time champion in college football since mm. the Florida Gators in '96. That's unbelievable. This was yeah, Sully brought this up, right? This is a good topic. Tennessee had won one before, and not one of those like all white team like laundry mat new- championships like 19 <laughs> yeah they won it in 1951 but i won't fault them but i'm not buying any national championships until i don't know when but sorry yeah. i guarantee you tennessee state 1951 would have kicked the living hell out of tennessee <laughs> <laughs> i feel pretty confident in that i don't know but um no, no, nothing against the 51 Tennessee guy but whatever it, you, you didn't have a lot of these you, you don't get first time champions Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. You know, this is our this is our thing. Women's soccer has better, which once was dominated by one team. Yeah, uh, literally is better than this. It the sport needs a disruption, like it needs a disruption. Unless because I do think the one frustration of of fans, obviously we love this sport. People listening love this sport, but the one disruption is like we don't stand a chance. I know who's going to win generally every year. I mean, you go into any season, you know, like, well, these three these three NBA teams are likely the best, but they rotate. It's not every single time Milwaukee's really good now. Well, they, you have a path to get there. In college football, you just don't. So this is a, disrupt, a disruption to the sport that I think is overdue because I don't think it's a good. Even you go to basketball, first-time champion this year, Baylor. They, let me put it this way. What what football team would do you, when you look at college football and say first time champion, what one would be likely to do it? Boy, I, without having them in front of me, uh, like who hasn't won? But I, you know, I think Oregon, um, Oregon could. I would say like let's cut it at like Georgia won it in nineteen eighty. I'll I'll cut it there. I don't know. Pittsburgh in '76 is probably legit and all that. The mid '70s, but mm, Tony Tony Dorsett, he was pretty legit. Right, but they aren't winning it. Uh, let's start with '80. '80 on. So it's Georgia, Clemson, Penn State, Miami, BYU, Oklahoma, Penn State, Miami, Notre Dame, Miami, Colorado, Georgia Tech. You know, and then all the usuals. Yeah. So what do you think? Okay. Oregon. So Oregon's. I like. I, so, or, I, so since 1980, team the team that has not won it. I, I would I would have Oregon up there. Texas A and M. Good gravy, you know? Yeah. They should. The fact that they haven't tells you how badly they have underachieved, frankly. Uh, who else would be on the list? And that, you know, I mean, if you want a true outlier that, you know, if they could overcome the, maybe the over unovercomable conference affiliation blockade, UCF is the, it was the, the school you would look at, I think, outside of the, uh, the Power Five. But within the Power Five, A&M, Oregon, 
Who else? Maybe is there? I would give there... I, my two would be to add to that, or a couple to add to that. North Carolina, I think they yeah. could. Yeah. Uh, and I think UCLA could. Oh gosh, absolutely. How the hell? Are you what about Stanford? I mean, Stanford was, <laughs> you know, in the top ten conversation for a while. They've they've trended off oh, of yeah. that. Uh, they've trended off of that since, and they probably had to pay Brook Forty so much money to go there that they, <laughs> they stopped getting the kind of quarterbacks that they uh, that they got uh, they got before. I think Washington, if if things fall right, could contend they won for it in ninety one. They won okay, it in ninety one. Right. They did win in ninety one. Half the uh, title. Yes. Backyard rivals Washington and Miami, Florida won it. <laughs> yes. Probably not a lot of alumni overlapping <laughs> on that one. No. Two schools that can't get any further away from each other. Virginia Tech had a nice run for a while. Yeah. It seems like, boy, it seems like that might be hard to recapture, though. You know, yeah, yeah. that seems capped out. The market forces that made that feasible, like just based on location and available recruits, Maryland should be able to build itself into a top 10 program. Now, all those recruits are pillaged by outside places. Um, it's hard to think of Maryland leapfrogging in their own division, you know, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. But like it, the talent in theory is there. Is Mike Loxley the person to maximize that? We'll, we'll see. And we'll learn a lot more next year with uh, Talia. Such a Tungle pro market, will... though. Such a pro market. Yeah. I mean, it's... No, it is. It It is. I mean – Here's the funny thing. Like if we had done this topic in 2005 and mentioned Baylor, you would have got laughed at. Right. And my, oh, my math sure. may be a little bit off. And like no Baylor hired the right guy and had the right system and had the low enough ethics to allow players in <laughs> that all sort of confluenced to Baylor, like knocking on the door for the thing. TCU could certainly I don't know if Gary Patterson's going to do it. It feels like that airs on fumes a little bit, but like they are positioned with the right coach in a talent rich area and have the enough infrastructure to potentially do that. I mean, those two are knocking on the door of the first playoff. A few That's years a ago. school that will benefit from NIL. Sure. They got a ton of money at TCU. They had, oh, yeah. they built a, they raised a hundred something million for that football stadium. They used like seven donors. <laughs> they basically got like guys together in a poker game. <laughs> over at like Fort Worth Country Club, and we're like, we're in. Who's in? Let's go, boys. Pony up and bang. We got a new stadium. We're in the Big Twelve. So, and you could Fort Worth. Uh, you know they don't they don't have a million fans, but uh, you know, again, it's like th these are the things that will suddenly matter. Yeah. Well, that 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 old stuff. So TCU's interesting. I don't know. It's what about Louisville, Pat? Um, not out of the question. Now, you know, they don't sit in any sort of recruiting sweet spot, per se. But they have traditionally, and it doesn't even matter who the coach is, going back to Howard Schnellenberger and everybody since, have recruited the hell out of Florida. Uh, they've done well in Georgia. They've done well in Alabama. So they've been able to go south and recruit. They, The one thing Louisville has going for it is, you know, especially now, they've got ACC uh, access to a playoff. They have facilities and they care you know people will donate money to make sure that they have whatever it is that they need so that, that that's not out of the question that's gonna be a hell of a nil city oh boy oh my gosh if you're a basketball player man or oh, even sure. like like lamar jackson oh my gosh lamar jackson would have made so much money you know he was he and teddy bridgewater both were more popular than any basketball player since i've been here 
and I've been here 30 plus years. So. I think a lot of this is the thing you get these this pro, almost pro market size city. Yep. That's what we're talking about with Omaha, Nebraska and Omaha Lincoln. That's Boise. That's Fresno. That's these cities that don't have, especially if you do not have a pro football team. People love football pretty much equally everywhere in the country. So yep. this is your team. This is your team. And that could really be a boon. How about this one? How will Notre Dame fare with this? They are the biggest brand still in yep. college football. They have their own network. They have a gazillion fans wherever they go. It's the you know everyone sits there and says Notre Dame. Everyone wants to kill Notre Dame until they show up at your stadium and it's the biggest <laughs> ticket ever, and your TV no. ratings are up. I mean, it's still Notre Dame. They have, you know, the academic limitations hold them back, but uh, from maybe really getting to that top, you know, they're good. They're like, they're like, they're really good. They're in two playoffs, yeah. but they can't get over that hump. But could they, could a kid like a Trevor Lawrence, the next Trevor Lawrence look and say, all right, I can make a lot of money at Clemson. I can make even more. And, and, and would, would they? I don't know. I think they could. Um, you know, now they, the one thing to what, to your point about the, you know, South Bend is not a major market per se. And you say, well, you can go to Chicago, which is where a lot of the Notre Dame alums are. And you can accept there's everything else in Chicago. Uh, so, but boy, I mean, if you if you're able to do national advertising, uh, or endorsement deals of any kind, Notre Dame's a great place to do it from because there are Notre Dame fans everywhere and to your point like when they come to your everybody yes everybody loves to piss on notre dame and then when you're when your team signs a home and home with them you're like oh gosh when are they coming oh can we go there can we get tickets there i mean like the georgia fans it was the trip of a lifetime to go to south bend so yes there is there is notre dame cachet that is undeniable even if people try to deny it they also play everywhere Yes, they right? play, they play every the year in California. They go to Florida. They go to New York City and play in Yankee Stadium. They go to Fenway Park. Like everywhere they go, it's a big, huge deal. So that there that'll be interesting to watch. Well, here's the interesting thing when you talk about Pat mentioned national advertising. How many Notre Dame football players the last twenty years could have commanded national advertisements? Like, is does Visa want Ian Book, who is you know a, a very you know is winning his quarterback in school history? Right. Like very good player, national name. But I don't think so. I don't maybe think not so. visa. Um, no, not, no, no Notre Dame player. But it, Trevor Lawrence, is, there are very few football players are going to get that. It's the money's in the small things. That's that, that, I, I think like I, the idea of a national ad for anyone other than a Trevor Lawrence. Manti Teo might have been there. <laughs> Man, I could have had a dating. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Match.com. I mean, God knows what man's fake. There's a fake Notre Dame running back running through a Vizio commercial. right Yes, there is. is, There is true. That that is true. There is a fake Notre Dame and a Vizio. I just know they command the most eyeball at the end of the year. Right. Don't they always send out this thing? And they're like, we were the most watched team again. You know? Yeah. "Eh." We had the most fans at every game. We had the most. You know what's going to be interesting for them, Dan, is their TV deal is up 
with NBC somewhere around like 23, 24 in that neighborhood. A lot when a lot of these come up, um, there's a little sweet spot window and people we will spend endless hours speculating on whether realignment happens or not, because we like to shamelessly and uh, recklessly speculate. The interesting thing for Notre Dame is, OK, so if you are one of these giant cable companies like you have the infrastructure to take on the Pac-12 and you have to take on the the Washington State Arizona game that you put on 11 p.m. on ESPNU or whatever, FS2, because nobody's going to watch it, but it's part of the deal. Like these niche companies don't have that infrastructure, right? Because people are talking about Netflix and other things. Notre Dame is eight, seven or eight home games every year, right? Like, is there going to be a way for Notre Dame to take those eyeballs and to take that product and to really pull the lever on this next TV deal? Because it's just, it's completely different. They are making like less money than the ACC teams make right now, which is laughable to think Wake Forest and Syracuse are making decisively more money than Notre Dame is for football. So, and now, Notre Dame, when it went into the last TV deal, was coming off the, the fumes of the Weiss era. It wasn't, I don't remember exactly the year, but it was not a great time. Notre Dame was in a funk. Notre Dame had that, that Willingham to Weiss lull that Brian Kelly's brought them out of. Well, in the next year or two, they're going to be good again. Like, that the, the program's not slumping anytime soon, right? Great lines on both sides of the ball. They're probably the best tight end room in the country. They got two-star tailbacks. The quarterback from Wisconsin's going to be fine. Like, they're, they're, they're not in danger of a four and eight. At any juncture, anytime soon, the place is humming. So, you put a playoff caliber Notre Dame on the market, and let's just say this: How much would you, now? Pat's probably not good because Pat probably doesn't like know how to work his TV to like buy individual things like Apple TV and Ted Lasso. Like, I just paid four ninety nine just basically to watch Ted Lasso, right? But if you all of a sudden had to pay for a Notre Dame game, like, what would people have paid to watch that Clemson game this year? Like, and I'm not saying they charge people 20 pay, bucks or pay per crazy. view, but pay per view football has struggled because these a lot of the SEC teams tried this. Now they're showing bad games. Well, that here's the thing, but they, they there there aren't any bad games in Notre Dame. I, I, I right, mean, I get that, but yeah, like maybe you pay. I, I don't know if it's, ten bucks if for the season. Yeah, if there's something like that, like I pay, I, I buy NHL Center Ice so I can watch all the Boston Bruins games. It's a hundred. 30 bucks or something. I don't know what it is. So, you know. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out a way to watch the Red Sox. So I get like a dollar 25 a game, I guess. Yeah. Um, so all I'm saying is like, if all of, like that Clemson game was an event that would, would, would it do 17 million people watch it? Something like that. Like huge. If yeah. you, if you can, and they have one event a year, right? Whether it's USC, Stanford, like they're going to have one event a year that most of us wouldn't think nothing of paying five bucks to watch. And so, I don't know. Like, I just think there will be some sort of th there is more opportunity for creativity with an a la carte Notre Dame, meaning like you only have a seven game package. So there's going to be more opportunity. And it's sexy for a brand to be like, we got Notre Dame. The Notre sure. Dame brand oh, yeah. is a lot sexier than than really any for corporate because it does touch all those eyeballs. It does. There's a mystique and there's an aura. But there's there's also you want to align your brand if you're Amazon or Netflix or whatever with a brand like Notre Dame, right? Like that means that means more than any individual league brands. I just think like Notre Dame is in a spot where it right now in this moment can really leverage it creatively. Part of the appeal of these college sports and why we do this is it's supposed to be the front porch of the university. So the, there is an enormous value to Notre Dame 
that Saturday night visual, and I believe that game got into the eight digits of viewership, the rare a college game, yeah. over 10 million. Yeah. People all over the country, including lots of high school kids, watching and seeing all their fans storm the field, and it's a big, exciting night, and this is Notre Dame football. Where does that balance in with just maxing out the dollars and only bleeding out your, right? And right. that's going to be a big way, is exposure or maximizing revenue? Because the exposure is what maximized Notre Dame's revenue for a long time and all sorts of things. It's a great school, obviously, but Notre Dame football is a big part of that marketing department. That's a great point, is that, you know, well, I mean, Notre Dame football is a incredibly valuable entity. The University of Notre Dame is an incredibly valuable entity that has people all over the country dying to get into it. And they their admission rate is really low for a reason, because they can say no to a lot of people because so many people want to go there. But yeah, where where do you find that balance? The one thing NBC has offered is exclusivity. You know, there is no other game that you have to wait to end before Notre Dame's game starts. You know, if you're sitting there waiting for the Alabama 3.30 kickoff because the noon game's running long, that doesn't happen to Notre Dame with NBC. And maybe it is an a la carte thing, like Pete says, or maybe you just go back to NBC and say, look, we could go join the ACC and make three times more what we're making here. So you need to pony up to that much at least. Or, you know, whatever, whatever way you do it. Notre Dame is sitting on making a bunch of money. But as Dan said, there is also that the, the the university brand is so big that you don't necessarily have to just say, hey, we're going to go hunt for every football dollar we can get. You know, you are you are sitting on a pile of cash and uh, uh, prestige, basically just being the school. And they also have a thing about trying to make sure that the athletic tail doesn't wag the dog even though football is damned important there. Let's not, let's be real. They got a $13.8 billion endowment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and they want that to go. I mean, I've always said, cause people bring up that point you bring Pete when they're talking conference realignment and stuff like Notre Dame, Wake Forest making more in, 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 in TV money. And I always like, go to South Bend, walk around the campus and tell me <laughs> where they're hurting for money. <laughs> yeah. The dome is gold. <laughs> And they let that sit yeah. out in the South Bend winter, baby. They got money <laughs> piled up all over the place. Like they, 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 they yeah, for whatever. They're not hurting for money. The day Notre Dame's got to reach in the pocket and go, well, forget it. We can't compete with Syracuse. Oh, my God. But you also don't get that rich by leaving money on the table, too. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, I don't know. If yeah, I know. A billionaire, they're like, oh, it's only a million bucks. Like, you know, the, people make those decisions to build endowments that way by leveraging business opportunities. I just so. wonder because there is great value in that visual. It's 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 be it's going to be a it's something that athletic like 3 4 years from now being on linear might be like old school. Like being on Amazon Prime might be the same thing as being on being on NBC. Like we're just uh, we're changing I, I it's hard to not be, but we're all changing very radically. Like especially it, with it, young people. Young people, correct. right? Yeah. But you want to be something that's free because the casual fan is not going to buy it. That kid you're trying to attract that's sitting there going, oh, I was going to go to this school, but man, does that look like fun? I can go to an elite academic institution and have major college football. Right. And so yeah. it's basically that. And then like there's Stanford, but they don't get the crowd. It's not the same. No, that, no. no offense. The fervor to Stanford. is nowhere near the same. You know, and then of those top 25 schools, there really aren't any others. Maybe Michigan's in that 
I don't know where they rank. I don't care about those stupid U.S. Talk about bullshit rankings, man. The U.S. <laughs> news world. I love bringing those up just because they know, I know how like how much you dislike them. Those are the stupidest things ever. But whatever. It's like the elite, elite school. And no offense, Auburn, the grad that wants to yell at me about their honors college or something. Uh, we'll be hearing okay. from them. You just don't want to necessarily have it. Vanderbilt, you know, Northwestern. Uh, not, so that's that thing. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Let's get to this story. People called on us to have an emergency pod over this. Oh, I, yes. I don't I don't know that this is story is even true, but we're going with it. Uh, it seems like everyone's <laughs> going with it. Scott Wolf. USC noted a USC insider uh, threw one out on his uh, inside USC.blog. An imposter, apparently, possibly a homeless man, even. I'm not sure where. We, I don't know if that that spin out of control, like an imposter became a homeless man. <laughs> he snuck into the USC football facility at the McKay Center, found his way to the locker room, grabbed a helmet, jersey, and cleats got out onto the field and fielded punts with the Trojans. There was also reports that, didn't there, there was a report that he ate at the training table and like hung out for a few days? I mean, I think this thing got kind of crazy. Yeah, I think a lot of it's not true. That doesn't yeah. really slow us down here, but I think a Something lot of it's Something might not be true. true, but not all of it. Yeah, I don't really think he was sitting at the training table and the other players were like, there's a homeless dude here. Yeah. Oh, that must be our new teammate. <laughs> He's 47, but yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> One source, the security source. Scott's got a security source. I love those. I'm not sure how he got into McKay Center so easily. The question and the problem. That's the question and problem for me. Also shouldn't even be on campus with COVID-19 restrictions. Always goes back to COVID. We had a previous issue with him at the soccer field. He's a two-sport athlete. <laughs> <laughs> So we knew who he was, but he has never done something like this before. This guy's trying harder to become a USC athlete than Aunt Becky's daughter. <laughs> was it Olivia Jade? Is Olivia Jade the imposter? <laughs> oh, so she does good. crew. She was on the rowing machine. We know that picture. Yeah, 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 She's trying yeah. to be a son. She just wants to go there. Just don't make her go to Arizona State. Her parents went to prison so she wouldn't have to go to Arizona State. That's right. That's right. She'll field punts. Absolutely. Yeah, if they to. just paid off Rick Singer 100 grand, this guy could be on the team. <laughs> so, okay. My analysis of this situation here. <laughs> this um, is, and this is why you listen to the podcast. Here we absolutely, go. Absolutely. Because we're, we're going to break this back down. And listen to this. Okay. Is it possible that a homeless person somehow infiltrated there? Yes, because USC is in South Central. It is, it is a gorgeous campus that is basically an island surrounded by some pretty gritty urban areas. So you don't have to go far to run into basically homeless populations in that area. So is it possible... Somebody got the wise idea and said, hey, I'm going to go be a USC football player. At least just go hang out someplace where I can I can be. Uh, yes. Now, getting into the McKay Center, I actually tried. I was trying to. I can't remember what I was out there for. This was a couple of years ago. I need to pick up a credential parking pass for I think it was USC Notre Dame. Like you couldn't get into that place without dynamite. It was unbelievable. I finally I got like, you know, Tim Tessalone's number three person to let me in a door. So that part of it, a little bit difficult to uh, to process. And then, 
is he going to just kind of find equipment to put on? And is it going to fit and everything? I mean, we, we don't know what this guy looks like. Maybe he was a former athlete. Maybe he's in shape and everything. But the average person walks in there like the pants aren't necessarily going to fit, the shoulder pads, the helmet. Then you're going to get to the point of catching punts. We all think Clay Helton's a little bit asleep at the wheel, but come on, man. You all have a sudden have some stranger out there nobody's ever seen catching punts. Hey, look at the number 13 out there. He looks pretty good. Don't they have like 700 coaches on these staffs? Yes. You have 9 million people overseeing everything. Like you have a you have an analyst in charge of making sure their shoestrings are tied, and and you're gonna all of a sudden believe that this guy's back there catching punts out of nowhere. I I find that hard to believe. The uh, equipment guys are really the ones here. Like whoever yeah. handed him USC. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will disagree with Pat on getting into these buildings isn't that hard. Like every door is a jar. Every practice no. I've ever gone to. Every in the yeah. Like, especially with COVID now, because a lot of them have fingerprint stuff that you can't yeah, do there's anymore. There's a chair propping up the back yes. door because half every, the players forgot their ID. Is that, yes. yeah, that's just, every practice I've ever gone to, like, you're like, how do you get in? And then it's like, oh, the door's open. Nobody's there. Like, sometimes people like look at you a little funny and then, yeah, you just like go walk to see the person you know. So I can believe he got in like the the, the further of the progression is where uh, where I find it, uh, where I find it like a little little bit hard to a uh, little bit hard to believe i think this uh strained some credulity and uh it looked like the, the story got some attention so people really tried to dig into it and uh more likely is that the players were coming in from practice and the guy was sitting there waiting on him in the jacuzzi like that's that's <laughs> everybody else was at practice he was getting a wash up in the jacuzzi that's that's my theory and then the telephone oh. happened and then he's at practice you know <laughs> I mean, it goes on where the guy, yeah, he blended in the team well enough to enjoy a meal at the football dining facility, shared a jacuzzi with other football players. I mean, come on. You know who's in your jacuzzi. Yes, you do. That's just just the game among us. Who is the imposter? (laughs) I hope this guy Uh, listens to the pod. If you listen to the pod, we haven't had a guest in many years. We'll take you in, imposter. Absolutely. Possibly homeless man. I don't know. I think some of this story is true. Some's false. Our last guest was the BC football coach, and he was good, but this guy would be much better. Yeah, this would be better. Come on. The unnamed imposter. Get, get a hold of us. We'll be back Wednesday night for more. There's plenty. See? Stuff going on all the time. Or wait your call, imposter. <laughs> 213 area code. Hit us up. <laughs> I'll answer. Talk to you guys If it's from later. a payphone, we'll know it's you. Payphone. <laughs> Yeah, corner of Figueroa. We'll, 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 we'll handle it. Are they still pay phones? Nobody's got a pay phone in LA anymore. Tough to find. On, everyone's got to sell. Even the homeless guys got smartphones. <laughs> it's LA, baby. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.